podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to Zero Pucks Given, the ice hockey podcast for Chelmsford Chieftains fans. This is episode 7 and it is absolutely jam-packed for you. I'm going to be joined shortly by Deck Maltwood Moran, the king of the updates, who travelled with the Chieftains down to SW16 to witness the incredible comeback at the home of the Red Hawks. I'll also be joined by Alan Blythe, who is the head coach of the Chelmsford Ice Hockey Academy, to discuss all things junior hockey. And I'll also be joined by two Chieftains in this episode as I welcome number 8 Cameron Bartlett and number 24 Ollie Baldock discussing their hockey careers, the recent upturn in form and answering your questions. This weekend just gone was a Britain Cup double header as the group stages came to an end. The Chieftains knowing only a four point weekend would be enough to progress to the semi-finals and that is exactly what we damn well got. For the first time this season a four point weekend and what a time to pull it out of the bag as we finish top of the group, going through with Invicta Dynamos and looking to play either Slough Jets or Solent Devils in the semi-finals. But we won't know until the other group stage comes to a completion as Slough have two games remaining, one of which is against Solent Devils. So that will act as a decider for that group. Also in this episode, we'll have the regular stuff, coaches' thoughts, hit of the week and a roundup of all the results from the NIHL1, the Warriors and the Academy. But we're going to start with this weekend's Chieftain Games with me and Deck. Right, we're here with Deck Moran, who went to the away game down in Streatham. How you doing, Deck? Hello, mate. You all right? Yeah, I'm good. Yourself? Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. So what was the atmosphere like down the high road, high road on Saturday? Well, obviously, going into the game, I mean, we'd have got the one win the weekend before, but going into the game, I can't lie, there wasn't much optimism because of, obviously, the previous few weeks and everything. So at first, it was a bit, you know what I mean, weren't great atmosphere at first, but once the game started, after well, after that really early goal, I mean... Everyone's head just perked up, you know what I mean? It was uh, yeah. it all went up, uphill from there, really. Yeah, it was only a couple of minutes in, wasn't it? And then uh, a strip have got it down as Cam Bartlett putting us one nil up. Yeah, see now, I've, I've, so it's down as Cam. They've got it down as Cam. I've got it down as Grant. I couldn't tell you which which one is correct, but I, don't I thought think it was many Grant. of us can. To be honest, I don't think many of us can tell them apart. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it was it was yeah, it was a little little fumble from the Stratham defence, and Bartlett just. Seen it, it was straight on it, took it round, bang, straight in. Brilliant start to the game, you know what I mean? Yeah, got everyone going, I suppose. Oh, yeah, big time. The second that went in, you thought it, everyone was just on their feet. It was great, you know what I mean? Just for wow, straight away, that's a brilliant start. Put straight on the back foot straight away, you know what I mean? And I suppose, and we knew from the I think less than a four-point weekend was any good, was it? It was it had to be a four-point weekend. Yeah, well, that, that was my understanding. I mean, there was something going around after the Streatham game that we only needed the one point. But I think that was only as long as Invicta lost. 
but I'm not sure. But four points is was what I thought we needed, yeah. Yeah. So after I've got down about eight or nine minutes, uh, straight and equalised. Yeah, if I'm right, if I remember rightly, that was Lane. Lane's uh, equalised there. Um, yeah, I've got that down. Yeah, I mean, it's straight. You was expected a hard game, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so Lane equalised, but um, it wasn't for nothing. It wasn't like, you know what I mean? It wasn't a silly goal or anything. Like that. He had a good goal and it's what it is, isn't it? Lovely. And then a few minutes later, Bailey put him 2-1 up. Oh, was it? yeah, see, I'm not sure who it was who scored, so I haven't got the recorded down. Yeah, so that was another quick one gone in. And everything. that's when there's where then then you sort of thought, oh, no, is it all? Was that was it was that first goal just a bit of false, um, false hope? Yeah, but you thought 2 1, it's not too bad. They've they, you know, what I mean, with, with other games and everything, and other times with Streatham, they've put more in in a period like that. The boys were playing really well. And everything defensively, they were playing well. Passes, tape to tape passes. It was much, much better. They seem to be gelling a lot better than previous weeks. I mean, I, I weren't there last week, so I didn't see what happened there. Uh, I think I've seen, I've seen Bailey's goal on on the Streatham feed. I think he attempted uh, to sort of reach it around, didn't he? And Luca did quite well to keep the first one out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That's right. He, he pretty much pulled Luca to one one side, then put it the other side and got it round him. But yeah, it was one of those. It, Luca, Luca was all the way one side of the goal and it was just a quick tip and passing the other side. Nothing he could do about it and everything. But I've got to say, from that from that point onward, Luca stood on his head. He was amazing out there. He was brilliant. I must admit, on the Streatham Twitter feed, were, were in marvel at, at how he was playing. They said he was absolutely on fire, stopping everything. So the, the first finish that 2-1 to Streatham um, and then into... Side, but then I've got it down as Grant getting us back to 2-2. Yeah, that's right. That's why I, that's why I had it down. Yeah, Grant again. Um, I, I couldn't tell you. You know, my memory's terrible half the time. I couldn't tell you what yeah. kind of goal it was. I, I'd, I'd say slap shot. One of the famous Bartlett slap shots, I reckon. But I couldn't. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it brought us back into it. And that was it again. I mean, thing is, heads didn't drop after the, um, after the first. They came straight out, battling straight away. Playing hard, and uh, yeah, got that equalised, and I think that just um, perked everyone up, perked all the all the boys on the bench up, all the boys on the ice up, everything. Yeah, I think the character, but it's quite noticeable actually that even if we do go down, or even if we go, you know, two, three goals down, the heads don't drop, but I think the boys do really keep fighting. Yeah, no, they yeah they do. They um, obviously there's certain times where. This happens and the heads go down, but then all it takes is one little goal or now and again a little tilt, and it just brings the uh changes the balance of the whole game sometimes. It does, yeah. Now, I think I've got it down sort of six minutes again. The stretch and fade didn't, didn't sort of post any times, but then I've got it down. Yeah, 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 I think I've got that. I think I had that one down as cam as well, yeah. So that was another, another. Bartlett goal, you know what I mean? I mean, we've been really lucky that they've been here, to be honest yeah, with you, especially... Say that again? I think the Streatham had that down as a slap shot from the circles, that can Bartlett. Yeah, I think, it was, I think it was a big one. thing is, it, the amount of slap shots that have been uh, going in the last few weeks, it's hard to keep up with them all. <laughs> it is, yeah. They must be... Oh yeah, big time. But, uh, I mean, so that, uh, like I said, yeah. 
Go on, mate. No, so I was just saying that, that comes to the end of the second there, didn't it? Three, two up. And that's... Uh, that, that's yeah, that's right, yeah. And yeah, no, when they came, yeah, Bailey and Miles dropped them. Um, it was a bit anticlimactic. I mean, um, started off alright, and then I think Bailey. I thought, if I remember right, Bailey's arm just got sort of tied up behind Miles, so he couldn't get a good any good punches off. Miles couldn't get any good punches off, and in the end, it just went uh, fizzled out, went down a bit, and everything. But um, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll see the two of them go again before the end of the season. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But I take it that because after that, Anton, I've got it back to three-three. Yeah, was that uh, was that on the power play or was that? Uh... I can't remember if that was a power play. I mean, Antonov is Antonov. I mean, he he has he with the puck, he's brilliant. He he just moves in and out of players, and yeah. he's always one you've got. To, they've got to really close down. I mean, Antonov's a brilliant player, and everything. But um, to yeah. keep him out for that long was impressive as it was, as it is, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, think I haven't got his personal shot tally down, but I'd, I have got the shot totals for the game. And obviously, we, we know Luca got man of the match for it, and quite rightly so. I think he faced in excess of 50, 55 shots, I think. That's how, oh, Someone was asking me that, and I had no idea. I didn't want to find that out. So it's 50-odd shots. That's brilliant. Yeah, the world brilliant game. Yeah. yeah, I'll double check it and um, the fifty yeah. shots that Luca faced in that game. So they uh, coming God, towards man, right close to the end of the end of the third. It was quite late, I think, when you know between the two of us, we've just got it down as but. But let's pull three up. Yeah, I think on, I think on my, I think on my updates, I've got that one down as Cam. Yeah, I think I've got that I down think. as Cam as well. So go with that. <laughs> So I think that's so, yeah, I think we've got that down camera. When that went in, that was yeah, I mean there weren't there wasn't loads of us there, but we made some noise. We had the noise from that when that went in and took the lead, because they like said it well, there wasn't long to go in the game, because I remember pretty much from then on, they were pulling their keeper and trying to get that extra man on the ice, you know what I mean? Yeah. The fifth so, goal yeah, was empty Yeah, yeah, empty now. Um I'm pretty sure was it from the I think it was pretty much from the defensive our defensive end and one of the Bartlett's again just slapped um, just flicked it up there bang straight in just to you know what I mean just to rub it in a bit I suppose and guarantee that win but yeah that was the second yeah, that went in you sort of thought that's it so that again bit, a post video over the old yeah there, I don't I think it was a Chelmsford fan posted a video. Of the empty netter. Uh, oh, right. All the, all the lads it. celebrating it. Uh, and you can see on their faces the sort of, you know, because I think we have been playing better in recent weeks and we've been picking up results. But going to the high road and beating Streatham, that's got to feel good. That's, yeah, that's got to, that's got to, there's no big league to me. There's no, at, the, at this time, there's no better achievement than beating Streatham. You know what I mean? I agree, especially. Pretty much. Under, well. I mean, I think last season, I think we were, we were maybe they lost two games max last season, and one of the at least one of them was us. So yeah, that was two 0 at the Riverside. That was you know what I mean. So yeah, to man. beat and then uh, as far as I, I know, beat them once this season, but to beat Streatham, reigning champions, is always a 
always brilliant result, isn't it? Yeah, it's always always a good result, and it's and it sort of feeds into the confidence with the boys. It's and I, I'm not going to sort of of it. And obviously, Czech wasn't playing Saturday night in Streatham, but fine. I did say winning mentality that he has as a professional athlete. It just breeds in a change. Lads and they can all learn that winning mentality off of him, and I do think that. Oh yeah, definitely. I would say he's bringing a lot to that dress. Uh, a lot of confidence. Uh, a lot. I'd say a lot of just like you said, professional advice as well. Yeah, full of lads and he's, he's like he's even more experienced sportsman and athlete anyway. So he's got he's got that there to help him, and I think it is. I think it must have been giving him a boost out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's got it's got to be a big a big boost for him, and obviously it's not it's not like we're. Rel- because as we're seeing from this, Luca Tassadri can. There's not much. He's really, really one hell of a prospect. Oh yeah, well he proved himself when he played when he was playing last season as well. Like every yeah. game he was in last season when he played for the uh, Chieftains, he was amazing. He just from I think from his first game, everyone just loved him. Everyone thought he was brilliant and it's, and and well deserved as well. He is. He's an amazing, amazing uh, netminder. And yeah, Peter Check is this. Sorry, go on, Dick. Sorry, I interrupted you there. No, just saying, Peter Check being there, it's like a great um, to have someone there to stand in for, for a while. Sonny's uh, got work commitments and everything, and yeah, like I think he's just, he is. He's just yeah. bringing something to the team. That's made, I think you might even be having him there. Is making everyone else push a bit harder, sort of thing. Yeah, I would, I would agree, and a great role model for Luca. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Lovely. Yeah. The first cup game of the weekend then down at down at Streatham, a 5-3 victory that then put it entirely in our own hands for, for Sunday night at City Stars. Where another, another good crowd. I don't think it was quite sold out, but it was a, a good crowd. But I, I did sort of post dates as we went through the game. It felt like a genuinely strange atmosphere last night. It was, uh, you know it was very quiet. Yeah, do you know what I put that down to? I've noticed is there's been a lot of like in uh, where I where I was standing, the group next to us they were very they were all new fans. So I'm wondering if a lot of this um, publicity has got out with Petacek and it's bringing in a lot of new faces. Yeah, yeah, which is oh, great you know for what? the team, great for great for um, bringing in money and bringing in support mm. and everything. So you can't. That's another. I suppose that's another um, upside of having checked there. It is bringing in new faces. It is bringing in revenue, which is great for the team. Yeah. Yeah. And it's more eyes on... I speaking with Vicky Feidler from the, the Cobras, the women's team last week. I think even with yeah. the men's team, it could just well be a lack of knowledge that people don't even know it's there. Yeah. No, I think that is right. A lot of people I speak to... You say about ice hockey and straight away they just think, oh, well, like the NHL. And you're like, well, no, league's over here. And a lot of yeah. people don't know nothing about it. Yeah, so something like that check signing is going to bring that exposure. It's, it, and it's going to bring nights like we had last night, obviously, where the atmosphere is a bit a bit odd because there is new fans in there that are just getting to grips with a game. But it um, it didn't appear to affect the, the boys, you know. You know, the nerves were settled pretty quickly just a minute in when check fed the puck to Danny Wright and he... Almost went coast to coast before. I suppose you could call that a knuckle puck, couldn't you? 
Well, yeah, it was a. Uh, it was one of those ones. I think he, I, don't, I, don't, I weren't sure if it was a shot or if he just went to chip it in to then get the to someone to get the rebound or someone just to or just dump and chase. But it just got a lovely little bounce straight through the five hole of um, their netminder and boom, that was it. It opened the score, opened the scoring. It was a, it was quite quite funny to be honest. Yeah, it. I'm, I'm going to go with. I think he was dumping it up there for the rebound, but I'm yeah. sure that probably got a, a different different version of it. Oh yeah, no, no. I'm sure. I'm sure it was a, it was a, a, a attempted shot and scored on purpose. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and and the first Chelmsford goal not scored by Bartlett for three games. So a, yeah, a great achievement there as well. Well, and then that seems to open the floodgates as well because then obviously later on in the game it was a there was a there was a, there was a group of different scorers. There was a few. Yeah, I mean the say the the trend didn't last particularly long at four twenty six. Bit of lax defending in Oxford's D zone, and Cam stole the puck, fed it to Grant. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a. I've been searching on Google all day because I know there is a word and a term for that finish that he pulled off, but I can't find yeah, it. I'm not sure. I know someone did call it a worldie, but I'm not sure if that's the term or. Yeah. Well, I know I know what you mean, like, but that yeah. was to be honest, that was a lovely bit of play. I mean, Cam. Cam was there. He, if I make it, he either hit the puck or hit the stick of the Oxford defender to knock the puck loose. Grant picked it up and just well, though the rest is history. That was an amazing, beautiful goal. Yeah, it was a white beauty. Those, yeah, for those who weren't there, there is a on my Instagram. I've shared a video that that uh, Harriet Andrews posted. Um, she from literally she was stood behind the goal behind the glass and got the video of it as as Cam sort of taking the puck. Uh, off the defender, it's broken to Grant, who's gone in one-on-one with the keeper down to the left. He's then dragged the puck back through his legs, then put the stick back through his legs and stuck it right in the roof of the net. And you can see all the Oxford players, the, their, their reaction was just like, oh, that's dirty. Absolute filth. It was an absolute beauty. <laughs> so I think it's one of them goals when it happens in hockey, the team that's done it are all like, the celebrations are unreal, but the team it's happened to, it's a, it's a gut wrencher. It was it was sort of for those you know, NHL fans. It was Trevor Zegras like. It was that sort of skill level. It was an amazing guy. It was, it was beautiful. I mean, I'm sure. I think it's, I think he's attempted that before in other games, and it's just been knocked by the keeper or whatever and everything. But to pull it off like that was brilliant, yeah, especially think... in such a, um, a game like with such um, so much riding on it. To get a goal like that must have been some buzz. Yeah, it must have been. It must have been incredible. I think that Luke Aylin, uh not Luke Aylin, sorry, 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 James Aylin last year, I think he might have pulled that off in the 19 nil win against Milton Keynes. Um, I think, oh, sorry, my phone just went off there, my bad. Um, you know what? I think you're right. He pulled off something of the sort, something like that anyway, very like that. that. That does ring a bell, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of people used to consider it showboating, but I think it's now, if, if you're at a per- certain angle, it's probably the only way you can get the shot off. Ah, to me, it's it's it's, it's just show. It's it's more more not showboating, more showcasing your skill. Absolutely. I mean, if you can do it, why not? I mean, goal throws the goalkeeper off. If you know, what I mean, goalkeeper obviously weren't expecting that. You know what I mean? So no, if you can do it, oh, do I it. I think he was. So I mean, after that, Oxford rallied a little bit, and twelve twenty three, uh, Wardlaw punished a little bit of a lapse in our defensive area. Uh, where he stole the puck. I think it was from uh, Archie Salisbury was was in the defensive zone with the puck. And uh, and Oxford pulled one back to 2-1, which 
I don't, I don't even recall seeing nerves kicking in then, even at 2-1 down and Oxford were coming back. I think Czech was doing what Luca did the night before. He was making stops from all sorts of crazy angles. Oh, yeah. See, that, one thing I've noticed, a lot of the time with the with the team, get a couple of goals, two, three goals up, and they seem to relax a bit too much so now and again. Yeah. And then something like that happens, and then all of a sudden, they, they're like, oh, wait a minute, and they're back into it. And a few times this season, they've been ahead and it's gone that way and they just haven't got that momentum back. Yeah. And but then last uh, night was different. It was, yeah. So, 1932, just before the end of the first, uh, Pentecost and Bartlett was some nice nice work in the in the neutral zone and getting it up to Kieran Rayner, another scorer that's not a Bartlett. Um, yeah, I if I remember yeah, rightly, that was from the, a Bartlett flick from behind the net to Rayner who's standing there and then just he's just snapped it straight in, if I'm right. Yeah, I, I, th- I put it down. I think he might have been a second attempt. I think the keeper might have saved the first one and he put the rebound in. Oh, was it? Yeah, I remember, I remember the, the pass from behind the net anyway, from Bartlett to Rayner. And then you know, I like to see, lovely to see Rayner get that goal as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's always been, I think, Kieran's game. When he does get forward, he's always there to, to mop up. If, if there's a dirty little rebound going or if someone's behind the net, he, he does find a bit of space and he, he's always there to mop up. Oh yeah, that is, and that's something as well. Rebounds is one big thing that the team have, uh, I think, have been trying to work on because beginning of the season, last season, there's never anyone there for the rebound, but they seem to be now. There seems to be someone is in and around there. You know what I mean? A bit more. So every something they've been working on or not, but uh, it's working. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, looking at the first goal, it, it probably is. Do you know what I mean? Like, Danny was lobbing that up there to get the rebound off the keeper. Yeah, probably is something that they have been working on. Which is good. Uh, it was something that needed to work on, like you know what I mean, and they're they're doing it. Yeah. So the end of the end of the first, they're three one up, and you'd imagine they go in with big smiles on their faces. But as they come out, there was almost a, a sort of a, a role reversal in the game as Wardlaw pulled it back to three two, just just a minute and fifty seven into that second period. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, I w- wonder again, was that the lads? You know what I mean, getting a bit. Oh, we've got this. We've got this, and relaxing a bit too much. Yeah, it, was it, only takes, it only takes it only takes what in it's hockey. It's such a fast game, in it. It only takes a uh, thirty seconds to a minute of not concentrating, and boom. Yeah, I mean, just look at. I mean, it's something I think that people that are new to the game, it's what kind of makes it so exciting. I mean, if you look at the game that we lost in Oxford, I think three four weeks ago, eight four, we came out. I think we came out four three up. I think at the end of the third, and within two minutes of it, we were six four down. Yeah, it's, it's, it can change on the, the drop of a dime or a spin of a dime or whatever the uh, saying is. It can yeah. just change so quick. Uh, but as, as, as they brought it back to 3-2, and at this point, up to this point, it had been a clean game, no penalties at all. Um, Dan Fay took a penalty on 25 minutes for delay a game. Uh, and then on 35, something we discussed after the game, actually, Jaden Balker was given five plus game for a hit to the head on Moody, and it looked to be a pretty clean hit. Yeah, well, first of all, the Dan Fay one—I think that was a bit harsh. I mean, he's down on the ice. I mean, he's gone down on the ice. The puck's underneath him. What exactly do they expect him to do there? Yeah. What yeah. is he expected to do in that situation? I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I can't. I'm not a ref. I don't know the ins and outs. But, but yeah. So I think that one was a bit harsh. But, and then the Jaden one. From where I, I was, it looked like a good hit. I mean, he was, he was taller than Moody, but he's come in. It didn't look, there was nothing malicious about it at all. It was a 
in my from what I from what I thought it was a good hit. And from what I understand, they are try they are trying to appeal that or well, there was talk about appealing it because there was footage or something. Yeah, I did hear last night that someone's got footage and they they're gonna to attempt to appeal it. Because, I mean it's not something that's really although I think Jaden's a strong, strong lad, it's not really in his nature to do anything on, on the dirty side. And he is a tall, tall fellow. Moody's quite short. He had his head down, so he didn't see him coming. So, yeah, yeah it would, I think it would be harsh if he ended up with... Uh... Oh, yeah, and that's why they say keep your head up. You know, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't play, but I've heard that's one of the basic rules is keep your head up. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah like you said, Moody was fine to play on. There was no... Yeah, there was no injury, was there? No injury, so, yeah. yeah. And also, the thing with that was... There was no penalty called on the hit. The no hand, no ref's hands went up. There was no advantage played, nothing, until Moody didn't get back up. Yeah. So obviously yeah. they didn't see anything wrong with the hit initially. No. So they've then they've reacted to it on the strength that it, there could have possibly been an injury rather than the incident itself. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's yeah. a bit of a. Hopefully uh, he gets overturned. Yeah, I, I would like to think so because I, I think he's a great asset, both for the Warriors and the Chieftains. I think Jaden's a fantastic asset. Oh, yeah, big time. But on that power play, just a couple of minutes into it, Ravenscroft, assisted by Wardlaw and Hedges, managed to get uh, get them back to 3-3. So, and, and again, I think even then, the heads didn't really drop. It was... No. It was, it was so good to see, actually. And then coming out for the start of the third, it only took 24 seconds. And Neil Lilliard and Grant Bartlett uh, sort of assisted Cam. He made it four three. And yeah, see that is a lovely. Those early goals of it in a period, I think, can set the tone for that whole period. Yeah, they can. Yeah, you get an early one like that. I mean, I think who, who was it? It's either Victor or Solent are good at it at their rink. I think it's Solent. They have a certain play at their rink where they're off a face off, off the centre ice face off. They they seem to have this play down to a tee and they'll get an early goal and it just seems to I mean it it puts your all your boys straight away you're like yeah and then the opposite team you straight away you like just conceded the goal that quick yeah so it puts it, it is it could change the game but yeah early goals like that I think are can set the tone for the whole period they can and I think it's good for home teams especially obviously if you're familiar with the size of your rink that you can yeah. make the play quite accurate I mean we're talking about Solon we all those who have been there will know it's one it's bloody cold but yeah so it's it's so small and so tight and the ice is i mean there's dips all the way around the, the sides of the ice there's dips in up and down up and down yeah. it can't be nice to play on for a no, while yeah. i mean if you play there all the time like so don't do they know they know that like the back of their hand they know where the dips are they know where yeah. the holes are <laughs> yeah that's why they're so dangerous there i think because they yeah. only can't even get in the corners there can it to do it that's manually. right that's right uh but we're, I think we're off down there uh, end of January. I think we're off down to Gosport for a for a nice evening. Oh, fair enough. We'll yeah. Wrap up one. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Well, I think uh, uh, Chris McGill often says he just rolls his sleeves down for that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, Chris is one. Anytime you've got any questions about whether a hit was right or the refs have made the right call, look at Chris. If he's angry, the call was wrong. If he's like, okay. Then they made the right call. Chris, is doing, Chris knows everything about everything. Uh, on a back forward, he got 45 33, so just 15 minutes from the end. Uh, Llewellyn took two for hooking on Rayner, and on the power play, check got his second assist of the night, finding Grant, Grant Bartlett, who found Ollie Baldock to make it 5 3, and that was a lovely little goal as well. Yeah, there'd been, there'd been a goal 
Oli's been uh, searching for a goal for a few games now. You've seen him getting in there, really searching for that goal. And he's just not, not been able to find the net yet and everything. But that was a uh, nice for him to get that goal last night as well. Just I uh, think that might, this, this might open the floodgates now for more scorers. Yeah, I think well, with, with Ollie Baldock, I mean, obviously he's, I'm going to be talking to Ollie on this podcast uh, episode today, but the he should be scoring goals. He's, he's that sort of attacking forward player that yeah. he, I reckon you should be looking at at least 15, 20 goals a season from a player like Ollie. And and it could be something like, like the rebounds that we were talking about going off from the slap shots or coming on from the dumping it down into the offensive zone. That he's um he's got the physicality, he's got the speed, and he's got incredible stick handling. So I I think he really will, like you say, I think that might open the floodgates for him now because it's the last last couple of weeks really I've noticed an improvement in his play. Oh yeah, he's he's, he's got the skill there, and he's got and he's definitely capable of it. I think there's a lot of players on the team at the moment they're they're capable of a lot more than we've seen. Mm. You know, what I mean, you see from players from last season where they played so well, and then this season you're just looking, you're going, we know you can do better than that. Like we know you're more capable, that like, you've got it. What's going on? You know what I mean? There's a there's a few of them on there, but they're all. I mean, last two games this weekend, they've all been playing much much better. Mm. Like I said, the passes have been better, the defense has been better, the communication between the lads on the ice has been better. Something is really switched on in the whole team. I think. Yeah, well, when I was talking to Pence last week, I think Pence said like they were they were aware, you know, nine had left. I think it was twelve that came in. They were aware it weren't going to happen straight away. It might not even happen in the first month, in the first two months, but it will eventually happen. Yeah, well, if I remember uh, rightly, the beginning of the last season was a bit iffy as well. Yeah, it was definitely a slow start. Yeah, but yeah. hopefully this is a turning point. Yeah, and then I think it was the the two nil result at home to Streatham that turned the tide last last year, and then we really really got down on a run. Just turned around, yeah, yeah, and we were unlucky to finish fourth. I think last year, I think it was only a couple of silly games where we'd uh, let late goals slip, but it was obviously we still we made the playoff final anyhow. But it was uh, oh yeah, well last season there's one game at Bristol, Bristol away, yeah, and um, there weren't many fans there. I think there were me. Brad and there was a there was only a handful more up there this time. I think it was the second game up there, and we was in the lead. We were smashing. We were six, you know two what I mean? Up, lost eight six in the end. Was that how much was it up? I think we were six two up and then lost eight six. Yeah, and the worst thing was obviously, you know what I'm like at games anyway. I mean, so we we started scoring. There's only a couple. There's only a few fans of us fans there, and I'm giving it all. Yeah, shouting <laughs> like mad, going mental thinking, we've got this, we've got a third period, they're not going to get another four goals. And then one by one, they started scoring. By the last goal, I dare not even look up. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could feel every eye in that stadium on you, or that rink, sorry, on you, because of, I mean, every time we scored, I'm jumping up, going mental, yeah, thinking, yeah, we got this. No way we're going to think, lose this now, and then boom. That last, you just literally had to try and walk out of there in complete and utter silence. <laughs> and then that's a long drive home, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, if we'd lost, if it was a close game, and you... but when it was like that, but I mean, that's what Bristol were good at. Last season, Bristol were brilliant in the third. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's noticeable now that most of their players from that team are now with Bristol Pitbulls too. 
then they've not gone up to the National League with them. No, nah, no, nah, they wouldn't have made it up there, no. And that's why you see them do that. But it's the same. I mean, Joe Llewellyn was playing for Oxford last night because he's on a two-way with Oxford and the Pitbulls. And he's a big guy and he's a good player, but he just doesn't look quick enough to play at the National League level. No, no, that's right. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a huge fella though, isn't he? Yeah, I, I saw him at Milton Keynes when we was up there for the playoff final queuing to get a beer and I, I stood behind him and I, I couldn't see the bar. <laughs> he's enormous. He was a big, he's a big geezer. But um, so on, uh, back to on Sunday night, obviously up at um, Ollie Ball, not making it 5-3. It wasn't the end of the scoring. We did, uh, with 90 seconds to go, uh, Oxford pulled Miller uh, and came at us. And somehow, I think every single player of ours on the ice went to get the puck at the same time and left three of them just surrounding Petacek. And as the puck broke, they uh, I think it was between Wardlaw and uh, Moody, they fed Abbott, who tucked it into the empty goal past Petacek after sitting him down. And that made it 5-4. And it was a nervy last few seconds, but... That's the scary on. bit. Yeah, that, it, I mean, those talking about the playoffs in Bristol, I mean, the, the semi-final last year with, you know, 3-0 up with two minutes to go. And then there's nine seconds on the clock and they get the 3-3. So, it's, yeah, then last few seconds can be nervy when there's only one goal in it. Yeah, like we said earlier, like it's, it's hockey. Uh, you, anything can happen in 10 seconds of a game. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's different like, football... Rugby, all these other sports, not much is going to happen at that point, you know what I mean? But in, in hockey, anything can happen in those few little seconds. Stressful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's very stressful. So, finished 5-4. Uh, Oxford's man of the match was Wardlaw, four-point game. Chelsea's man of the match was Petr Cech, uh, two points of assists for, for Cech. He also saved 52 shots in that game. So, an incredible performance uh, yeah, and a win. Elements of an excellent performance that we'd have to take into the rest of this calendar year. Oh yes, yeah, so I think like I said, I think what we've got we've got Milton Keynes on Saturday. Yes, which which I mean, but I mean you've got even Milton Keynes. They've stepped up their game this season. Their netminder is brilliant, uh, Milton Keynes. But they've stepped up their game this season from last season, and they're not they're not now. It's like we used to go used used to go into a game with Milton Keynes and think. Ah, easy points. Mm. Now, it's not as... Uh, I think they've won more games this season than they did all the last season already. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. now it's, it is one of those ones where when they when they need to be, they can be competitive. But hopefully now with this turning the tables, it's, it'll be back to... Yeah, you know, what was it? I think last season there was like a 12 nil and or 12-something... Yeah. Yeah, there was there, there was loads of goals last year, that, and it's not happening for anyone this year. It's just so much more competitive. I think everyone has stepped up that five ten percent. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, it's taken us a little while to get to a stage where we the the, the guys look capable of, of beating the other teams, it, even just on a, on a on a mental level. Again, it's something I'll discuss with with Cam and Ollie on this episode that you know, th- their mental health. How was it affecting them that we weren't winning games and that people were getting narky? Was it pressure? Was it building? Was it, you know, now that they've got these wins, you know, it could be a little weight off their shoulders as well. And so going to Milton Keynes Saturday with their enormous pad, that could be could be great for the boys getting the passing going. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, it must be stressful on the whole team. I mean, I know a few of the players were really, when with these losses, it was really affecting them and everything. So with, now with these wins, hopefully it will take a weight off their shoulder. 
be more smiles on their faces, a bit more comfortable with each other. Because, I mean, when you've got losses like that, I mean, there's always fingers being pointed at each other, you know what I mean? Because there must have been that sort of thing, like, and everything. And then you've got people on the outside, fans, who are saying this. And obviously, they see some of the, the comments and everything. They'll see some of these comments, and it mustn't, it can't be easy. No. You know I mean, I mean, there's, there's criticism, and then there's construct, uh, is it, what's it called? Is it? There's yeah, criticism, constructive, criticism, constructive yeah. criticism, but when it's that, I mean, they can take that on board. But when it is just pure criticism and not nothing helpful, I mean, it can't be it can't be easy for them. Like, you know what I mean? No, no. And it's, I mean, even you know, starting this podcast in the midst of us losing so many games, it was more that I'm, I, I miss the positive. I'll, I'll get a positive spin out of anything, and. You know, even for the people that have been a little bit on the negative side and just giving criticism for criticism's sake, I think even they're starting to come around now. So it's, it's because, like I say, it's no good for the guys either on the ice or in their own heads. It, it can't be any good for them to just give them negative feedback. Oh, no. So, I mean, one of the first games against Invicta where we admit they got spanked. They got spanked out there. And yeah. straight away, there was... There was loads of it, criticism going, like insults, and uh, I'm, I've made a point there of saying, you know, what I mean, at the beginning of the season, blah blah blah, and then it went on for a couple of weeks, and I put out, I said again that on a post, all right, then now, how long can this excuse of um, the lads getting used to each other, how long we can we play out on this, you know what I mean? So I was, I defended them, the whole team and everything, and then I then later on I was saying, well, how long can we go on this? Something's wrong in there, and then. You know what I mean? You've got to take the good and the bad. Yeah. But you also, you also do have the right to say what you think. But when some, some, there are some people who just say it in a completely, like, sort of derogative and wrong way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something that's leveled in a lot of sports, you know, that fans pay their money to go and watch. Therefore, they've got a right to voice their opinion, which is, you can't argue with that. That's, that's just a fact of life. But it's, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think it needs the the positive voices amongst the lads because even you know the most positive would, of fans would have started to get frustrated with the results and the performances. But it's, I mean, I've like I've said before, I've ne- I've never played hockey. I've only ever sort of been a fan, but I've been involved so, in team sports. I've been involved in solo sports, and chemistry is just it's number one. If if you're not clicking, it ain't going to happen. Oh yeah, yeah, true. And people got to remember that. These lads, they're not, they're not in the NHL. No. You know what I mean? That, that These lads are playing on a Saturday and Sunday and a lot of them are going to work on a Monday. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not, they're not out there earning millions a year for playing hockey. No. A lot of them, are, they do it because they love the sport. They do it because they enjoy the sport. They're not, they're not in it for the money. They no. do it because they love the sport. You know yeah. what I mean? So you can't be, like, you can't be talking to them like they've, like they're getting millions and millions. Like a different, your NHL team starts playing terrible. I mean, I'm a Philly fan. I'm a Philly Flyers fan. Last season, didn't even make playoffs. So with them, they're getting paid millions. Say what you want to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but with, with these guys, like you say, you know, they've all got full-time jobs. Then they're training, you know, two, three times a week till 10, 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. And yeah, the, the long trips. I mean, like I'd, I'd said it before in one of the previous episodes, you know, they don't travel hundreds of miles on a weekend to to not give their best and not play very well. Exactly, yeah. So it's no. yeah. I, th- I think they they deserve the benefit of the doubt. They've, I think they've had it from most fans, but now I think we're looking to start reaping the rewards of 
the the training they've had, the time they've had together. Mark seems to be doing the right things. It's it was always going to take a little while to click with that many new players, but there's a lot of them that have been coached by Mark in the past. So yeah. that element of it is is helpful for him. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, I mean it's the same. It's like you said. Can't be hard. It can't be easy. All these new players trying to get them all to gel and. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been um, a critic of Mark from the beginning as well. I like being here. I've said I've said it on posts and everything about um, what is going on with the coaching and everything. But it seems now that they've all, like I said, they seem to all be gelling. And I spoke to uh, certain players and everything. They say Mark's a great fella. He's a really good coach and everything. And so taking that on board and seems to be going well at the moment so hopefully it's all just the pieces have fell into place and the coaching the cut with the coaching staff and the players and it's just they're all starting to bounce off each other and onwards and upwards I suppose yeah absolutely and say onwards and upwards as we said Saturday night we're away in Milton Keynes there may well be a coach running it depends on interest and how many people they get that want the uh, the the lift up to Milton Keynes uh, and then Sunday night in the league again is at home to Streatham. So always nice to welcome them back. And I'm sure they're going to be absolutely aching for it after getting beat on Saturday night. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. They'll be, they'll be, um, they'll be wanting to get a bit of a... Uh, save a bit of face, wouldn't they? Absolutely, yeah. They absolutely... I mean, one, one good thing, I mean, I know um, they won't have... I think Martelli's not there anymore. And I think Watt will still be on his band. So, I mean, that's two... Two players there that do make a difference on the ice, yeah, and everything not there, so that's gonna that, that hopefully that works to our favour as well. Yeah, I think I think it's Martelli on a two way with Milton Keynes, but he's playing from, quite regularly for them, isn't he? In the national. well, from what I've heard now, he's not even on the two way; he's purely Milton Keynes. But yeah. I could be wrong. That's the rumor mill. Yeah. I don't know whether that's true or not because I know he was there uh, Saturday night, but he wasn't dressed. Oh right. So whether he was just there supporting, or surely if he was there, they would want him on. So, and I was told that he's that he is purely with Milton Keynes now. Whether that's true or not, I couldn't tell you. No, I think it was always going to be the case with him. He's he's got that level of quality where he could go up to that level. It was when we oh, finished yeah. our season, and, and me, me and my daughter that come to the games, we were discussing about you know we're losing a lot of players. Who do you think we should sign? And the first thing she said was Malik Martelli, and I was like. Wouldn't that be something if we could bring him in? <laughs> it's quite funny that when when the, the, at the end of last season there was a post up on Black and Gold about who would we like to see in, and my first name that I commented was Dan Fay. Yeah, and uh, so I, I thought the way he played against Romford uh, with Romford last season, I thought he was great. I mean, I noticed him for I noticed him from the tilt he had with Rayner. and then from that from that day I sort of paid attention more to when he was playing. I thought he was great, and I think. He's he, uh, like he's one of the players he needs. Like he's coming into himself now a bit more. He was a bit more timid at the beginning of this season. I think he's getting more comfortable playing with the Chieftains and everything. So I think we've got a lot more to see to come from Dan Fay as well, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I think that obviously we needed quite a few defencemen, didn't we, to come in? in, in the yeah, office. yeah. Um, yeah, he certainly has been an asset. I think um, one else I would have liked to have seen uh, Courtney Grant come back. But... Um, that that wasn't to happen, but Grant Bartlett being back is like having a new player. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, because he was out for the, quite a while at the end of last season. Yeah, from from that Invicta injury. 
Yeah, I think I think he was out from. I think it may well have even been to January, all the way to the end of the season. It's not quite a while, is that? I think actually no. Think it back. I think it was November. November was the away game at Invicta where where he got the injury, and then he say didn't play again until the start of this season. And I mean, just going from uh, the stats in the program from this week because obviously we're struggling to get stats at the moment, aren't we? Out of the EAHL. Yeah, then, yeah, they messed up. They messed all that right. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. You, I can, even with that, I can see where they're coming from. They're the only, they're the only league using or only uh, organisation using that website, and the price of them, what they're paying, wasn't thing, but wasn't worth it. But you think they would have had this sorted before the season started? You know what I mean? Yeah, because I think they knew about it towards the end of last. But yeah, I've got got the R stats in front of me here now. So yeah, Grant Bartlett played nine, eighteen goals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's like having a brand new player, which is is fantastic. I, th- I think one one of the best signings we've made this year has been Anthony Leone. I think actually, I think his experience is similar with Neil Lydiard as a defenceman. There's just no substitute for experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, they have been. I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, Leone's uh, always even when he was, when he was in victory and everything, he was always a a big presence on the ice, wasn't he? Yeah, and everything so. Imagine he is so in the changing room as well. Oh yeah, I reckon he's, he could be a right laugh, you know. I reckon I reckon he's a again and to perk the lads to sort of hype the lads up and everything. I'm sure, like you said, his experience and everything comes in handy. Yeah, well, I mean, from what I can see, from you know, I'm sure what we can all see on the ice, what you see, you know, occasionally on the ice if you hang around after. I think the signing table is a really good thing. Um, the, I think all the ingredients are there, and it's just now starting to bubble. Yeah, I will say I think the I think one of the best signings he made is Archie. Yeah. I, I remember watching him at the beginning of the season. I went to the Raiders v Peterborough game. Yeah, and uh, he stood out then. I didn't even I didn't at first I didn't even know who he was. I didn't realise it was Archie Salisbury who we signed. I was just watching him. I thought he's a blinding defenseman. Like just watching him play. Then once I realised that that was who he was, I thought even better. Like you know what I mean. But even from then, he's he's, he's a Brilliant defenseman. He's just having him out there. I think he holds that defense down a lot. Yeah, I think he wears four for Phantoms, isn't he? So it would be um, he'd go go under the radar there if you were looking for number forty. Yes, he was. was. I just noticed who he was, and then I got his name, and then the name rang a bell. So I looked on the post and realised who he was, and that he signed with us Mm. for the um the two way. So like from that day, I just thought I I remember saying it to people that day. I thought Archie Selby was brilliant, and then obviously. One of his first games there, he dropped some with Miles. Yeah. Which just solidified it, really, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely fantastic. That was, yeah. For, you know, for 16 years old. And, and the lads were all there. They were around him, but they let him get on with it. Yeah. Well, even Miles afterwards was amazed with that the lad that he was 16. He, didn't, he couldn't believe it at first, could he? No, no. And a few Stretton fans kind of, you know, took the whole. Oh, you know, you're letting a 16 year old do the fighting, but he's, he's he's a lad. He's grown up in the game. He he knows how to play it. He knows that side of it. And good, you know, and good. Luck with hands. Yeah, he he can take care of himself, <laughs> and it's that's something I discussed again with Pence last week. Is that physically this team can take care of itself? Yeah, and, yeah. And you know, regardless, I don't think that we've ever employed sort of, you know goon style tactics or you know gone over the top on on the physical side, but. 
I would say some of our players have got reputation. I mean, there's there's not many that are silly enough to drop the gloves with Bailey Chittick. There's there's not many that are silly enough to do it with Kieran Rayner. And not only can they take care of themselves, they'll defend their defend their teammates as well. So it's yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah bang on there. Yeah, certainly, certainly a start to go. Right, so we've covered the two games there. Uh, what we're going to do now is hear Mark Saunders' thoughts on the weekend. No, like the weekend was uh, was exactly what we hoped it would be. It's what we planned for. It's what we expected. It's what we hoped. Um, and the boys executed two good games of hockey over the weekend. I mean, I think the Streatham game, um, even like we surprised ourselves in how good we were and how dominant we were in that game. Um, I think we executed everything that we set out to execute pretty much, um, I won't say perfect, but as good as we possibly expected we could and obviously come away with a huge road win um you know against what is a very very good you know good strong team and that team knows how to win and we we managed to you know execute a game plan that stopped them doing that and took the points ourselves so you know uh, moving to Sunday I think we could see how much it took out of us the, the game in Streatham on Saturday night you know obviously get off to a dream start you know that puck bubbles in um you know you feel for their netminder on that one because he's a he's a good netminder down there and you know, but unfortunately you know those happen but you know we'll take it uh of course we will and then obviously grant tucks that you know outrageous between the legs for our second which you know sets us on our way and then the tire you know we the, the fatigue and the and the tiresome legs start to set in a little bit and you know we have our you know the blip in the second period and it ends up three each you know, I, I, we managed to find some energy from somewhere for the, for the third, and just I just said to them in between the second and third, like boys, you're like you can't expect these games to win themselves. Like I know we're tired, we're 24 hours post Streatham. You know, everyone's played a bucket load of minutes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and you know, we went through the mill, and you know, both of these games, we played a hundred hard minutes of hockey up to that point, um, and the boys went out, and in in that third period, I thought we killed the game off really nicely got the two goals that we needed um to get up to five uh, you know five three there's a, you know there's a there's a, a huge mental lapse that leaves them with a three on zero in front of in front of Petter there and they get their fourth goal um you know but it is what it is I didn't think it looked any more interested in it than it needed to be that third period and we killed the game off and got ourselves through so yeah semi-final berth secured for us you know we'll look forward to finding out who we're going to play out of Solon and I expect Slough um and which way around that that other group finishes you know, the boys did everything that I asked of them this weekend. Um, and, and I think the boys have, have set themselves a new bar as to, you know, kind of where we see this group being, you know, with, with that performance that we put in on, on Saturday night. And it's about now getting some consistency, right? You know, I've said it for the last couple of weeks about being consistent. And, you know, hopefully if you say it more often than not, like then the games are going the way we want. And, you know, obviously I like to look at the performances and the boys can look at the points and, and the wins. You know, more often than not, if we're performing well, then, you know, the results and the wins come with it, right? But, uh, you know, um, I'm pleased with our performances over the last, you know, kind of two or three weeks and we are winning at the same time. So, you know, we'll see where we are. Two huge games this weekend. We need to exercise some demons away at Milton Keynes on Saturday. That's a huge game for us. We expect to, you know, to go up there and have a hard test, but we know how we need to play. And then, obviously, the return match, obviously, not in the league now, but against Streatham on Sunday, we welcome them into town and we know that that's going to be a dogfight again. So we know what to expect from these two games on the weekend. We know it's going to require 120 minutes of hockey, of concentration, of togetherness, of, 
you know, system execution and, and gameplay of the highest level that we know what we can be at. Um, and that's what we're looking for. So I know everyone's buzzing after the weekend, but, you know, uh, I try and say, you know, don't get too high with the highs and don't get too low with the lows here. Like, obviously, we celebrated after the after the game on Sunday night, getting our semi-final berth secured. We, we you know, we with some of the results we had in the cup, um, we've had to work really, really hard to get there. And props to the team for doing that um, and everyone involved. Like, you know, it's, it's a good thing to get into a, a cup semi-final. Um, but yeah, you kind of, you know, post game on Sunday, my mind instantly went to the next weekend, which is obviously this weekend with Milton Keynes and Streatham back in the league, you know, so mine's constantly working here. We're constantly looking to move forwards, to push forwards and, you know, be better as a group. And, uh, and that's where we are. So we'll, we'll have a good week of training this week and we'll get into it on, uh, on Saturday night away at Milton Keynes. We'd love to see as many of the fans there as possible. It's always brilliant when we go to away games, you know, and our fans are out cheering, you know, the fans, wherever we are, it seems to happen a lot and we love it. You know, Stratton was huge again on, on Saturday for that. We heard everybody that was there loud and proud. And that's, you know, that's an unbelievable feeling for all the boys. And I know that they feel it and they hear it. So, yeah, let's hit, let's get a good good travel crowd to Milton Keynes if we can. And, and we'll bring home a result there and then get back in the barn, pack the building on Sunday and uh, and, and take another run at Stratton here, which undoubtedly will be uh, another another really good game of hockey. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, You know, and, and props to you, mate. I know that... Um, Pent said this recently. You know, you you guys are you do amazing things for the coverage for the team and and you know and, and the club as a whole. So you know, I know that um, we met face to face on Sunday for the first time. So you know, props to you for everything you do, the exposure you give the club and the podcast, and uh, you know, obviously every success going forwards. But uh, yeah, you know, these drop in messages are are good and they keep the team, you know, uh, keep keep us moving forwards and keep us pushing forwards, knowing that, you know, the exposure that we have and the fans are always there with us. It's it's nothing but a good thing. So, yeah, brilliant. We will see you guys on the weekend. Milton Keynes away and straight at home. And uh, we look forward to getting after it. And thank you to Mark Saunders for providing his thoughts there on the brilliant four-point weekend for the Chieftains. Elsewhere in NIHL 1 South over the weekend on Saturday, Solent beat Invicta by 4-2. On the Sunday, uh, Solent completed another four-point weekend, beating MK 3-1. And Invicta Neil Streatham 2 on that Sunday as well. Uh, Down in NIHL 2 South with the Warriors, they got a brilliant 7-4 victory down at the Solent Junior Devils in Gosport with four goals for Sam Austin in a man-of-the-match performance. Uh, Pickering, Clover and Josh Fall also on the score sheet for the Warriors there. The academy over the weekend, the under-16s Tomahawks uh, beat Basingstoke by 12-0. The under-16s Rattlesnakes, not quite as fortunate, lost 3-0 to the Swindon Topcats. Uh, Under-14s Braves beat Peterborough 6-3. And the under-18s Mohawks beat Slough by 6-1. As we've just discussed the academy results, we're now going to have a chat with Alan Bly of the academy head coach. Academy coach Alan Bly, how are you doing this evening? Um, very well, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm really, really good. Thank you, thank you. So your title at the academy is it head coach? Uh, yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah, head coach. Love it. And what exactly does that role entail? Do you deal with just one particular age group, or all of them? You have to oversee. Um, it's 
it's overseeing all of them really um i've only been in the role for a few months so a lot of it is still sort of seeing what's going on and um sort of interfering if i need to um fortunately i, I think the guy that was sort of in the role before i was um has sort of got everything running lo- lovely and smoothly um with no real real issues as such it's just sort of tweaking a few things, probably more towards the bottom end of the club um, than the, the top end of the club. I think the, all the age groups have got sort of good coaches in there now, sort of lots of experience. So um, definitely it makes my job a lot easier. Excellent. Yeah, experience is key, I suppose, when it comes to coaching. So each individual age group will have their own coach and you'll just oversee that? Yep. So, yeah, every um, team's got their own head coach and assistant coaches. Um and I oversee the under-14s as, as well as sort of the rest of the club. Um, with the under-18s, you've got sort of John Beckett, who's also with the Warriors. Um, the 16s, you've got Richard Tomlin. Again, so much experience in them two guys um, assisting them. You've got the likes of Craig Metcalf that was, again, uh, Chumps of Chieftain uh, for a while. Um, a guy called Dan Prentice, Chris Howell who was sort of heading up this role that I'm doing now before I did it. Um, and then, yeah, even in the younger age groups, there's a lot of a lot of experience in there with Anthony Leone. He's on the ice helping out a lot. Um, Glenn Morehouse. Um, so, yeah, lots and lots of experience in the, the coaching lineup. Brilliant, brilliant. And is that the the goal for a lot of your youth players? Is, is it playing for Chieftains or do they aspire higher and higher and even perhaps foreign countries? Um, I think every homegrown player wants to sort of play for their their senior team at the club, um, which is definitely doable. Um, I think for a lot of the the players, uh, especially the the top end ones, it's um, it's really a stepping stone for them to go on and, and push further. Um, I, th- I think. Your clubs, your, your players only really develop as high as your your senior team in your club. Yeah. Um, which, um, where we were in the NIHL one, above us, you still got the national and the elite league. So, um, our our job in the academy is to try and push them beyond our senior team as such. So, as much as we want them to play and um, be part of that senior team, um, you don't get many kids in your local primary school wanted to play for Chumps City Football Club. They want to play for Manchester United and Man City and all those sorts of people. So um, as much as they'd like to to play for their their home team, um, we want to push them sort of beyond, beyond that. Beyond beyond that envelope. Yeah. I mean, it's been since the Academy was created, I I believe it's sort of 1987, not too long after the, um, the rink opened. That um, it's it's been quite successful though, hasn't it? Through through the age groups. Yeah, yeah, no, it has. It's um, it's been sort of really successful over the years. Um, I've for a number number of years, I've been coaching sort of down the A12 at Romford, and um, been quite good sort of rivalries between the two teams, the two clubs. Um, which in in hockey, sort of rivalries are always good to try and sort of push you on to do to do better. Um but yeah, I think 
a couple of years ago, there was almost a clean sweep at, at Nationals for Chelmsford, I think, last year. Uh, they're under 12s, had a fantastic year as well. Um, so, no, it's definitely, sort of, definitely some real good um, sort of history from the, the academy and even looking forward, there's, um, there's a few good years ahead, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you've not been in the role too long. I'm assuming they've, they've immersed you in the history of the club and the academy. That is there a, a biggest success story that's come out of the, the Ice Hockey Academy at Chelmsford? Um, for me, I, I think I um I, I actually played in the academy when I was a bit younger. Um, yeah, I had a, a couple of years at Chelmsford. Um, because you were a netminder, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I moved from Romford to Chelmsford, then back to the Romford again for when I got to seniors. Um, and I, I think sort of the measure of success is the the number of players that go from the junior system into the senior sort of banner because that's that's the hardest step of the lot and uh to be able to have that sort of high turnover from junior to senior players is crucial and i think that's where teams like the warriors are so fundamental for us as an academy as well as the chieftains as a team um because even if you look a few years back when the Warriors had their real sort of top-end team, a lot of that came from the academy. You had the likes of Ollie Bulldog that came through the junior system that's now back at the Chieftains. Mm. Um, and again, you had sort of Jake Sylvester, um, Sonny Phillips. All of those guys were coming through at that time. Um which was sort of fantastic for the Warriors, but it's also given them good exposure as well as being able to step up into the Chieftains when they needed to. So, um, yeah, that's where we're, we're grateful that our junior players have that stepping stone at the moment with the, with the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, looking through the roster of the Warriors and the Chieftains, it is littered with, with Chelmsford Ice Hockey Academy grads, and particularly the ones in the Chieftains that are doing fantastic at the moment. The likes of Jaden Balker, Leo Tassadri, Chris Beckett pops up every now and again with the Chieftains doing fantastic. Um, Sonny's not really available this time of year, but he's. I, I did say at the start of this season, I think for them two lads, Sonny and Luca, to have come through the Ice Hockey Academy, they're probably two of the best netminders in the division that we're in. Yeah, 100%. I think Sonny and, and Luca between them, I don't think there's any better sort of pairing in that, in that league, and it's, it's really important for sort of the ongoing success of that team, they keep them together for as long as, as possible. I know they've had the the addition of, of Petr Cech, which has been great. It's been a boost for the the team and um, sort of the publicity around. Um, but yeah, I think from what they've done over the years with with Sonny and what he brings, he can win you a game on his own. He can. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, and then with the the talent that Luke has got, um, such a hard-working, good, honest sort of young lad as well. Um, he comes on the ice and he helps with the... Yeah, I had Luca on a couple of weeks ago on the podcast and he is a, he's a terrific young lad. Yeah. Um, yeah. Academy members, he's um, um, his feet are well grounded. Um, he knows 
what he needs to do when he's on the ice. Um, whereas you look at some of the the other players, good. Uh, the thing that lets them down is their personality. Whereas I think with Luca, pretty thing, unfortunately, needs his personality. Yeah, is that something that you do promote from within the academy to keep these these young hockey players with their feet on the ground and their attitude correct? I think so. I think it's it's really important that um, from the, the academy point of view, actually coaching hockey players, we also want young young people and young adults, um, mm. and it's it's the life skills that they get from being. Hopefully, when they go to get jobs and sort of yeah, it's it's co- coaching good humans, isn't it, as well as good hockey players. That's it. That's it. And I think a lot that comes from sort of a good team discipline and self discipline. They've got to they've got to sort of take responsibility and actions if they do something wrong, um, and they've got to be sort of. Man, I have to stand up and say, "Well, yeah, that's not right. I, I, I was, I was wrong there." And I think a lot of the time, kids are going to make mistakes, but it's about how they react to the mistakes that they make, which is is the important thing. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it is in November. It's Men's Mental Health Month, and we shouldn't forget that children do struggle mentally sometimes as well. Um, is it important, as especially as the head coach overseeing, to ensure that the, the kids and the juniors are in the right headspace? They're getting enough sleep, and they're Doing well at school? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm sort of a big sort of believer that um, that kids are sort of well rested away from the rink as much as possible, um, because some of them this is their only only outlet. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, like you say, I, I think the mental health side of things is so important especially nowadays with all these sort of social media things and all these online gaming, uh, you never know what's going on sort of through them headphones. No. <laughs> so, um, it's, it's really about, for us as coaches as well, being vigilant and recognising any sort of change in trends in behaviour on top of normal behaviours as such with sort of their body growth through their adolescent years it's it's what happens outside of that normal growth so yeah it's definitely being sort of switched on and being aware yeah I mean there's so much responsibility on on you guys as coaches not just to coach the sport that you love but as you say there to to try and notice trends in behavior and obviously all your safeguarding training that you'd have to go through to to do the role that you do it's just all so imperative yeah definitely yeah and uh again it's we're we're coaching them as as young adults as well as sort of young athletes so um we always sort of reinforce them that if they do need to talk about anything that the coach is always there to to listen and and help and guide and sort of with what whatever it could be um whether it could be a bit of mass homework they don't want to ask their parents for or just anything to help them really achieve their goals at the end of it 
Fantastic, fantastic. Would you uh, encourage the players to to make use of their surroundings? Obviously, I've discussed on this a few times this podcast that you know this is England. It's not Canada. The lakes don't freeze over, and there's very limited availability of ice. Um, is it helpful for them to play on rollerblades? Is it a distinction between the disciplines that they can change over quite quickly? Definitely, yeah. I think um, lots of um, sort of top end players have have played. Both they played roll hockey and, and ice hockey. Um, it works hand in hand to an extent. Um, I think even not necessarily roll hockey, but multi sport athletes, I think is really important, mm. um, especially in the the younger ages, just to get them to get out and try different things and um, yeah, just just. Don't sort of sit indoors on an iPad and on a computer game or whatever. Just, yeah, get out and experience different sort of sporting environments um, because of every, everything will just sort of eventually mould back in together and the overall picture will be a lot better at the end. Yeah, I mean, most sports are obviously, you know, the physical fitness, but they're hand-eye coordination as well. And I've got here, girls hockey seems to be absolutely flying at junior level. Um, it's a trend we're seeing also in boxing and in football where young girls are, are really, really getting into, into those sports, which I, I think they'll, girls that couldn't do boxing and football would marry perfectly into hockey. Um, and I know the senior women's side of, of players, they've, they've got loads. So how, how is the junior numbers doing with the girls? booming to be honest um so we've got uh, the under 16 girls team which has started just over a year ago uh with jenny bolton who's a coach and she's doing a fantastic job with them is that the raps um, yes yeah yeah they're on um they sort of train on the tuesday nights uh, so they're on yeah tuesday night um and the numbers there are great um and even when you look at sort of younger than that in the under 10s um, which is like a mixed team of boys and girls. There's probably about a dozen sort of girls in that setup as well. Oh, fantastic! Um, with sort of more joining as well. So it's it's definitely part of the game that's growing, um, which, is, which is great. I think girls definitely, um, from a coaching point of view, they're a lot more switched on at a younger age. Um, so they can they can process the the instructions a lot quicker than the boys can. Yeah, I think uh, that's, that's something I did discuss with one of the um, the Cobras coach uh, manager, rather Vicky Fider, that the I, I found it in I've been involved in boxing previously, and I found that girls do sort of tend to take it on board a bit quicker than boys. But um, yeah. obviously, boys will physically progress as well, won't they? To sort of and the girls don't do the check in, do they? In, in hockey, so it's. Um, no, they, well, they, if they they can stay in mixed as long as they are comfortable. To be honest, they can play right up to that you see with Abby Sylvester with the the Warriors and things. And yeah, we've geez. seen quite a few girls in the NIHL two actually playing with the men's side, which is brilliant. So she's she's comfortable there, and she's sort of definitely not out of out of place. But then some they don't like to go on as far as that, and. They probably get 16s or under 18s and then they move across to the girls. But because they've had the 
the physicality side, the guys, um, that helps them sort of take their game to the next level as well. Brilliant, brilliant. So as, as an academy on the whole, are you full or are you looking for new recruits? And is there a learn to play coming up? Um, so the the academy is very, very busy. Um, we do have a learn to play. Um, there is a little bit of a waiting list to get onto it. Um, because from the from the learn to play, we want to make sure that people are getting a good quality of sort of service from it as well. We don't want to just flood it with 50 or 60 kids on the ice and everybody get nothing out of it. Um, mm. We'd rather do sort of bite-sized pieces and, and make sure everyone's actually sort of getting what they want from the end of it, to be honest. Um, yeah, but learning rather than it being absolute carnage for an hour on the ice. Yeah, yeah. If, if you've got 60 kids on there, nobody's really learning anything. So I think with the numbers that we, we do and with sort of Rich Whiting, who um, he runs them sessions, um, he does a, he does a great job down sort of with those learn to play guys, um, and the turnover from learn to play into the club is really good. Um, definitely, if people want to play and they want to get on the the waiting list, the more you're at the rink skating, there's always coaches around, there's always people from the club that are looking, um, so we can we can see the ones that really want to do it, um, and yeah, it, it's. It's great. I think two weeks ago, there was a couple of kids that had just come out to learn to play probably within the month before, and they had their first under-10s game, um, and they, they did superb. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely um, it's showing that it's working. So, it's great. Oh, fantastic. And obviously, I know there is a waiting list, but where, where do people sign up for, for the waiting list for Learn to Play? Um, so, if you're... At the rink, um, you can come and speak to any one of the coaches. We'll, uh, we'll point you in the right direction. Um, I'm pretty sure it's on the Jumpstead Ice Hockey Academy website. Um, you can sort of find the details on there. Um, and, yeah, but just definitely to keep skating as much as possible. Um, and, yeah, get your name down. Excellent stuff. I'm, actually, I'm off up to the rink tonight, actually. I'm going to be talking to uh, Ollie Baldock and Cameron Bartlett tonight at the rink just before training. So... I'll, uh, if I see... I'll be there. Oh, you'll be there. I might bump into you as well then. So if I yeah. see any posters around, I'll share them on the social media. Yeah, we're we're on uh, the the juniors, the under fourteens are on the ice just before them. So, um... oh, excellent. I'm sure I will see you then. Excellent. <laughs> Lovely. Well, thank you for your time this evening, Alan. No problem at all. And all the best in your new role as Chelmsford Ice Hockey Academy head coach. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate. It. Thank you. Cheers. And now it's time for hit of the week. Hit of the week this week is a split award from Sunday night's game. Uh, one of which, obviously, we're waiting for the outcome of an appeal, I believe, after Jaden Balker had an incredible hit midway through the second, on uh, just toward, just towards the end of the second, actually on uh, Aaron Moody, Fox for City Stars, come across the ice, didn't charge him, didn't really sort of do anything untoward. Moody had his, had his head down, didn't see Jaden coming, and it was a beautiful clean hit from the side. I think just because Jaden's a little bit taller, 
the ref called it a hit to the head. Jaden got five plus game, but as I understand, that is being being reviewed. And then there was one in the third period as well as uh, Oxford were trying to fight back. Number 14, Bailey Chittock went in for a cracking hit on Oxford 19, Tom Stevens. So Jaden and Bailey share the award for this week. And now we're going to have a chat with Chieftains forward, Cam Bartlett. Chieftains. Number eight. Right, uh, Cameron Bartlett, how you doing, fella? Yeah, I'm all good. Yourself? Yeah, very good, mate. Thank you for joining us. First of all, happy birthday for yesterday. Thank you very much. And got to share your birthday as well as your appearance on the Chieftains podcast. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, as we'll be joined by Ollie Baldock a little bit later. But um, it's not his birthday till January, so he hasn't got to do that one just yet. But... Uh, First of all, now there's been some confusion on social media from Saturday's game at Streatham. Congratulations for that win, by the way. Thank you. How many goals did you score? Four. You got four of them. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. And Grant got the other. Grant did. Grant got the other. No, but yeah, we were between myself and Deck with, with the updates and Streatham's uh, Twitter feed, we could, that they weren't exactly giving too many details. So. It can get very uh, confusing. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it can for some, yeah. And you were on the score sheet Sunday night as well in the win over Oxford. Tell us about that goal. Oh, I don't know. It just popped out in front. And I thought, I've got to shoot that hard. Didn't want him to block it. So, Yeah, it, it certainly went in at a rate of knots. It was sort of only, only a couple of yards out after the, the ricochet of it coming out. So that was good. Yeah. Lovely. So you, uh, you, you started your hockey career at Chelmsford. How old were you when you started there? I didn't start my hockey career at Chelmsford. I started at Romford when I was five years old. Oh, did you? Oh, your your elite yeah. prospects has deceived me. <laughs> yeah, so I started when I was five at Romford. Um, played at Romford till I was in under fourteens. We had a disagreement with Romford, then we left Romford um, and come to Chelmsford and played ever since. Other than one minor season that we was at a start of a season in Victor, and that's it. Yeah, so that, so you both did start hockey together and then played together for 80 careers? Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. that's fantastic. So, yeah, so there was a side from that start of the season at Invicta at Chelmsford all the way in the Warriors as well as the Chieftains? Yeah, exactly. We played Warriors, I think, maybe for two or three seasons. And then Chief, uh, Chieftains is pretty much ever since... We took the step from Warriors to Chieftains, played there ever since. Fantastic. And did you appreciate that step up in level? Was it something you needed? Uh, I think it's something we needed. We was um, we played Warriors for a couple of years. And then the time come and give it, and give it a chance. And then we never looked back. Oh, brilliant. So the Chieftains recently have had a bit of an upturn in form and, and yourself and, and Grant obviously have been a massive part of that. Yeah. Um, what do you think the reason's been for the change in form? Uh, I don't know. We've got a new team. We're working hard. Um, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. Uh, sorry, I just cut out for a second there. So you said there's a lot that goes on. Sorry? They just cut out for a second there. We've got you saying there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Yeah, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. Um, a lot of changes. 
um, lots of late nights, long hours. Um, boys are just working hard. We're trying to get. We're trying to get there. We're getting there now. It's just taken a couple of months to get there. That's all. Yeah, I think that was all that's bound to happen with the, as many changes as what happened in the roster. Yeah, exactly. Especially with a new coach as well. Yeah. Um, well, you just touched on there the commitment required to play hockey at this level is huge. Obviously, if, if you didn't love it, you wouldn't do it. But can you explain just how much commitment it is? Uh, we train uh, Tuesdays, uh, I think it's half nine till 11.15. And then a Thursday from half 10 till 12. So we won't, we've all got normal jobs as well. So we all get up at sort of half five, six o'clock um, most days. So we're sort of sleeping maybe four or five hours a night. And then we're back out and back back out to work, and then do it again on the Thursday, and then Saturday, Sunday we play our games. Yeah, that's that's a hell of a lot of time, especially for obviously young men, young families, and yeah, and stuff. It is a lot of commitment. Yeah, but uh, November is Men's Mental Health Month. Um, I'm on board with the It's Not Weak to Speak initiative that was started by Belfast Giants up in the Elite League. Yeah. Um, now, particularly with players, I know you must have some great banter and some good laughs amongst you. But if and when it does get mentally tough, do you support each other, and do you think the club supports you as well? Uh, if if someone was to needed to talk, they would talk. Um, there's people around that they talk to. Um, no one's, you know, no one really shows it as a man, do they? But if if people needed to, they could. They could talk to anyone in the team. Anyone would. Anyone would take the time to talk to you. Yeah, I think that's the, what the initiative is trying to break down. Is that sort of barrier for for a man that doesn't want to talk, doesn't want to seem to be to be weak or to be struggling? Exactly. Uh, yeah, I would imagine that you know a group of men such as yourself, you should feel comfortable talking to each other about anything. Because I've been looking at the start of the season we had. We mentioned we've had an upturn in form. Was it getting mentally tough for a few of the lads with the results and performances that we were having? Uh, no, I don't think it did. I think that we um, we just knew we had to... and start getting. Uh, it's hard. It is hard. Rut, and it's, it's about changing things to get out of the rut. That's what we um, that's what we needed to change, and we've changed that. We've had some things happen. You can't help. We lost a lot of players last year. They're hard to replace anyway. Um, so yeah, once you get out of the rut, we're all we're all right again. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. But it's it's I can see when you're all on the ice together that there is a there's a an aura about you all as a group where you you can sense that there's a closeness and that as I say, you said that no one was really massively struggling in the downturn of form but I think you all knew eventually it, it would come yeah we all believed in ourselves we all believed in what was we trusted the process we trusted the process yeah that's that's a massively important thing yeah so that, I've got uh, obviously you wear number eight is there a special story behind you wearing that number no nah, just one of my numbers that I picked when I was a kid and you stuck with it all the way through I have I have yeah, that's, that's at least one way that everyone can tell you and Grant apart, I suppose. Yeah, very close, but yeah, <laughs> one number off. <laughs> so I've got a couple of uh, listener questions, if that's all right, if you don't mind answering them. I'll try. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's nothing, too, uh, nothing too out there, I promise. So we've got from uh, James Griffin. He said, what is it like playing with your brother? 
is there pros and cons to it? Um, yeah, it's it's fun. We it, it's it, we find it easy to find each other on the ice most of the time. Um, a definite pro then that you've got like the. Uh, I'd the say it's more, of, more of a pro than a con. Um, yeah, it's hard when he goes and gets banned, but he does what he does. <laughs> Are you the older or the younger of the two? I'm the oldest by you ten minutes. <laughs> and ten I long minutes. never let him forget that. Ten long minutes. Unfortunately, as we get older and older, you, you'll start to wish you were the younger one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, do you have out of the the lads we've got in the roster at the moment? Do you have a favourite line of players that you like to be on the ice? That's from Harriet Andrews. Uh, no, I, I'm happy to play with anyone. Um, I just do what I've got to do for the team, and we've we're basically brought in to score as a such. So yeah. that's why that's what me and Grant achieve to do. Do you have a, a fantasy line out of any hockey player that you'd like to be in? No, I don't watch hockey that much. No, no, no. Perhaps an all-time chieftains one. Probably me, Grant. Gary Clark, Dwayne Newman, and Zatapek. That's, that's great to hear some of the old names there. The, uh, so, do you, so you don't watch that much hockey? Do you not have an NHL team that you follow? I don't. We went and watched Tampa when we was in America, but I don't. We, I don't really follow hockey as a, as a such. No. So uh, away from hockey, have you got any other hobbies? Yeah, um, we do a lot of shooting. We do golf. Yeah. A lot of lot of hand eye coordination. A lot of eye hand coordination. That's fantastic. That so, um, are you uh, are you handicapped golf wise? I am. How low? Uh, I'm playing for about six at the moment. Oh, fantastic! That's uh, I'm quite glad then that the um, players' fans golf day didn't take place. Was <laughs> planned. Um, yeah, uh, that could have been some fun. It could have been, yeah. I mean, I would normally put 28 and then I would be called a bandit, but I don't play regularly enough to keep it down. So, yeah. Yeah, certainly playing off six, that would um, that would certainly make a difference. Uh, so, uh, musically then, if you've got sort of any sort of music taste, if they were to put on a fantasy concert at the Riverside, who's going to headline that for you? Oh, I'm not bothered. I don't listen to a lot of music. Oh, really? No, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I don't. I listen to the radio and that's about it. It's as far as it goes. Yeah, I say a lot of the radio I listen to is all the talk radio as well, so I, I don't sort of do any sort of modern music. But no, I'll listen to whatever's on. I'm not really fast of what's actually playing. More history, that's it. Yeah, little bit, little bit of the older stuff. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, I, I can't keep up with all this modern stuff that the kids are listening to now. It makes, <laughs> makes me feel incredibly old. Yeah. Um, the uh, have you got a, a favourite rink that you like to play in? Oh, that's a tough question. I'd probably say our rink's probably my favourite. But other than that, I'd probably say maybe Guildford. Yeah. Guildford or Streatham's good. Are they both good for atmosphere or the same? Atmosphere and the, the, yeah, atmosphere's a good atmosphere at Streatham. Our atmosphere's good. Yeah, it certainly does come off. We discussed earlier in the in the podcast episode tonight talking about the games at Sunday, it was quite a strange uh, atmosphere. There seemed to be quite a lot of new fans that have sort of come in with the 
obviously the signing of Petr Cech has yeah. got some publicity out there. Um, mm-hmm. So the atmosphere was quite subdued. And obviously, once we, we started to win, it did start to pick up again. But that's uh, no, I do hear that from quite a lot of people that our atmosphere is is one of the best. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's good. They're always loud, so it, it gets behind the boys, and that's what we need when we when we're in their moments. We need the fans to be behind us. Yeah, that's good. And to say for for the most part, I, I think absolutely everybody is, especially at the moment. Yeah, uh, I've got a question here from Crystal that is a. It's kind of floating. So when you you and Grant re-signed at the start of this season, it was put out there that this was probably going to be your last season. Is that still the case? We're hoping not, but no one knows what's happening yet. No. Um, we're starting something in America that if it takes off, that we won't have a chance to play as much. That's the reason we missed um, three weeks. Yeah. So if if that happens, then... It it might not be as much. That's why we don't want to say that we can fully commit because um, I don't want to be half in and half out. So that's why yeah. I thought I'd make it clear that it could be. But yeah. we're, we're, we're no one last season, but we don't know. Yeah. And as we discussed already, it's a massive commitment, isn't it, to to commit to playing? Yeah, exactly. So. Fantastic, mate. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for, for coming on and joining me tonight. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, no and, and you've had a fantastic start to the season and long may that continue for it. It's um, Obviously, we've got a cup semi-final coming up now. Opponent yet to be decided. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it's a good chance for us to push on and get some silverware this year. Exactly that. We want to get to that final. Yeah, and the two-legged element of that cup kind of does make it all for the taking, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It, it it makes it back to the old style of playoff hockey where you used to play home and away legs. Yeah. You know. Yeah, of course, when we have the the actual playoffs themselves, when you get to the semi-final, obviously the quarter-final is home and away, isn't it? But then the semi-final and the final is just that one, that one game. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we all had our hearts in our mouths in Milton Keynes in April last, <laughs> in last season. Yeah. After the, uh, the semi-final. There were two tough after- games. They were, they were indeed, and that uh, I've never seen anything like that. That Bristol game to be three nil up with what two, three minutes to go. Yeah, and then they come back. Yeah, how did that feel? Because that that goal in overtime, that you know, we went straight at them, which was a surprise to me. I thought the heads might be down a little bit after conceding so late, and that puck just dropped to you in the point, completely yeah. unguarded. You must have felt like we Christmas had come at once. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. The stress that it took off, it was unbelievable. You don't want that going on um, too long. You want to just get it over as quick as you can. Yeah. And the, the celebrations were truly something to behold. I think that, <laughs> out of all four teams that were there that weekend, none of them were supported as strongly as the Chiefs were. No, they weren't, no. We were there in force. Yeah, and we and we certainly made a noise when that went in. I said, that is a moment that will stick with me for, for life. That's my first experience of coming to the Hockey Playoff Finals and that, that my, my daughter, that will stick with us for life. That's a that's a good experience to have. Yeah, and thank you so much for giving it giving it to us. So once again, mate, thank you for joining me on Zero. Yeah, no stress. Um, I hope you guys are enjoying the podcast. It's you know it's for you as well as the fans. So it's um yeah yeah really great for you to come on and have a chat. So thank you very much, mate. Yeah, thank you very much. We'll see you again. Thank you to Cam Bartlett for joining me there on Zero Pucks. Given great to hear his uh, his answers to his to the questions there. 
and the, the hope that he may still be with us for next year, as will Grant, so we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, next tonight, they were going to come on together, but it didn't quite work out for that this week, so next tonight we are talking to Ollie Baldock. Ollie Baldock, how are we doing, fella? Not bad, how are you? Yeah, excellent. Thank you for coming on joining us this evening. No worries. Um, first of all, congratulations on Sunday. You got yourself on the score sheet. Yep. Yeah, it feels good. Yeah, it was a good weekend. I think all the boys were happy. Yeah, it was a back to winning ways. It's always a good feeling. It was, yeah, it was. And, and you, you played well in, in both games, actually. It's, do you want to tell us a little bit about your goal on Sunday? You got the fifth goal. Yeah, well, it was just a a lucky breakthrough. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I was telling all the boys it shouldn't have gone in, really. I hit the backhand, I hit the post, it come back out, hit the goalie and went in. So... Bit of fortune, but we'll take uh, it. The, we'll take it when it's the, needed. Yeah, on the video from behind, it actually looks like you sweeped in front of him and stuck it through the five hole on purpose. No, I feel, I feel like <laughs> it definitely hit the post, come out and hit him <laughs> and went back in. So I think the keeper will take that one. Yeah, he probably will. He, he had a bit of a mare considering what happened for the first goal as well. Oh, we've got a bit quiet, mate. Still there? Yeah, I think it's when my phone keeps on knocking, but yeah, oh, I think, right, um, yeah, the first and second goal didn't do him many favours, did it? But uh, no, I think the second goal would have uh, yeah, that would have made him think he didn't want to come back out. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's always yeah. good. Good to watch. With the first goal is that something that you guys have been practicing in training, sort of dumping one up into the offensive zone and looking for the rebounds? Uh, not so much. I think it's just all that right he can do. It's all that right he can do these days. <laughs> so he's only got the legs to get to the red line and he'll dump it in and there you go that's never a bad play no no it certainly works out that time doesn't it yeah so lovely I, I, when I was having the chat with Cam I said to him obviously he's, uh, he has to share his birthday and he's had to share his appearance on the Chieftains podcast as well with yourself yeah. um, but it's not your birthday till January so you've got a little bit of time before yours but only a couple of weeks after Christmas so you get all your presents out of the way in a couple of weeks yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. It's always uh, pros and cons to having a a birthday right next to Christmas. They usually all <laughs> fold into one in the end. Yeah, and it's always cold, I suppose, as well. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, the weather these days. It used to when I was younger, when it used to snow, it was lovely. But now it just seems to piss down with rain all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got the elite prospects actually completely did me with Cam. It had it completely wrong. But I've got you starting your ice hockey career at Chelmsford Ice Hockey Academy. Yes, yeah. And a very small spell at Cardiff. No, so I don't know where this has come from, but it's... Yeah. Oh. Phone locked? <laughs> it's a... Uh, I definitely didn't do a spell at Cardiff. Yeah, it's really... It almost looks like you sort of, you know, decided to move there for a, for a year and played hockey and then just come back. No, I don't know where they got that from, but... Yeah, I've had it a few times each like each year when I get posted somewhere I'm signing. I always get a bit confused with that, but yeah, I can confirm I've I've never done a year in Cardiff. No, I actually had I've had Alan Blythe on this episode as well, who's the head coach at the academy now. Um, yeah, he's good. Did, yeah, did mention. Yeah, he did mention you coming through the academy there, and obviously playing with the Warriors and the Chieftains. Uh, but then you moved on to Raiders. Yes, yeah. Yeah, four successful seasons there. Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose so. 
Yeah, successful in the terms of playing regularly and get get yourself on the score sheet and whatnot. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's uh, well, it was it was an experience going up a league. That's the main main reason of moving. But uh, yes, yeah, uh, yeah, it was definitely a good experience. I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah, and I suppose it it stands you in good stead, doesn't it, when you've played at that higher level to sort of to play it, even though it's not that much lower in terms of what it is. I think people have said it's just really the speed is the difference. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the speed. Uh, it's definitely the speed. Um, even the rinks. Um, uh, yeah, it's just it is completely when you're playing. It's completely different. There's sort of no um, there's no forgiveness at all. Whereas in this league, if you if there's an error, five times out of ten, you you're gonna it's not gonna be an issue. But in that league above, you get penalised. Some of the teams in that league above are um, are deadly. Yeah, one area you get punished. Yeah. So obviously you got got yourself on the score sheet Sunday. It's the first time you've scored in a little while after getting a hat trick down at Invicta. Is it something that you, you're trying to add to your game and think that you should be scoring on a regular basis? Um, well, I mean, juniors, I used to be a goal scorer, but in my men's hockey, I've, I've never really been a goal scorer. I've taken up the role of being sort of a defensive centreman, um, playmaker almost in my last five years, six years of playing men's hockey. So coming down, I know it's sort of expected of me, I think, to start putting up some more goals. But yeah, it's just trying to train myself to score goals and be a bit more selfish than passing the puck, I suppose. So I'm still in that transition. It's always nice to score goals, but I've always been one to get more of a thrill uh, from assisting goals and making nice passes, really. But yeah, I'm, I'm definitely trying to change that, I suppose, for the for the need of the team at the moment where we are struggling with goals. Obviously, Cam and Grant have just got that touch of gold. Like they just can't miss. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we kind of need some other goal scorers. So, I'm trying to trying to step up and help out. But, yeah, it's a bit bit of a different feeling for me. But, yeah. yeah you're certainly doing your bit. Um, I mean, a, a question I sort of I put to Cam that we've, Recently had a bit of an upturn in form at the Chieftains and, and you as, as well as Cam and Grant have had a massive massive part in that. What do you think the reason has been for the upturn in form? I think it's just being sick of losing, I suppose. Um, I think <laughs> we've always had it in the team. There's never been any questions, in my, no doubts in my mind anyway, that the team we've got can't do something in this league. It was, it was just a, a bit of a ropey start and... Um, now we're sort of all finding our feet a bit and we're starting to click a lot more. I mean, all the boys are good. Everyone gets on in the room. It's really good atmosphere. It's just, we've all been yeah. on the wrong side of the results the last few last few weeks. So it's nice now to see and to show everyone that it's, it's nothing to do with the coaching and it's nothing to do with us as players. It was just, I don't know, it was just a, a bad start. But I'm 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 fairly yeah, confident. Just a little bit of time to tell, I suppose. Yeah, so I'm many new players coming. Yeah, obviously you coming back though. So were you coached under Mark at, at Raiders? Uh, no, I was never under Mark. I, I was always under Sean. Yeah, Mark come in to last year, I think, for a couple of games to assist Sean. But other than that, I've never sort of played under Mark. No. But I suppose from that, he was fully aware of what you could do and, and was a part of getting you back to Chelmsford. Yes, yeah, I assume so, yeah. Lovely. So, now, now that you're back, uh, and obviously the, the team is... Um, 
is the atmosphere at the Riverside great, great for you guys? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, um, that was one of the things that I was quite looking forward to coming back to Chelmsford. Um, Romford always had good fans. Um, and I was sort of worried when I stopped, stepped down the league that the atmosphere would change and the enjoyment of playing would disappear a bit. But I know that Chelmsford always turns up and they've always got a good fan base and always pack the rink out. So it's always good. It's nothing better than playing in front of a busy crowd. Yeah. Now, when you said they're obviously for the, the the love of playing, that the the commitment level required to play hockey at this level is just astronomical, and obviously you wouldn't do it if you didn't love it. Um, but you know, how does that commitment level sort of affect your life? Yeah, it's it's tough sort of training twice a week in the evenings, um, weekends. Obviously, not having weekends, um, it's it is tough. Um, but I mean, yeah, like you said, if we love it. So it's, it's just normal to me now. I mean, I've, this year's been a been a pleasure for me. It's been nice actually having days off. The last five years, I've been used to being fully booked and being very very busy at hockey. But sort of me stepping down has actually given me a bit more time. It sort of actually feels less commitment in this league, which is a which is a nice nice feeling for me. Yeah, the way the league's been structured this year, because there's only eight teams in NIHL one that we have ended up having either one game weekends or actually a whole weekend off, um, which I've, I've sort of said before for the fans is we just want hockey, hockey, hockey. But for you guys, it, it must be nice to get that. that oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. It's almost like light at the end of the tunnel. After a few tough weekends, it's nice just to have a, have a Saturday or a Sunday here and there off and just to be able to chill out a bit and sort of socialise outside of hockey. Uh, I mean, all the boys love each other in the room, but I'm sure we all have friends outside of the room and family outside of the room that we don't see often enough. So it's yeah. definitely nice to have those days off. So, so the season runs, you know, September to to April generally. Do you do much in the in the summer? Uh, in the summer, um, see friends, go to the pub, love a beer garden. <laughs> Um, love a bit of golf. <laughs> love golf. That's a. That's, oh, you're a that's golfer as I well. Do yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I love it. I don't think the missus loves it. But as soon as hockey finishes, I'm playing golf. I try and play golf a good few times a week. So um, yeah. yeah, talk about one time consuming hobby into another. Yeah, I know. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, it's an addictive thing. But um, have yeah, you got a handicap? Good. Have you got a handicap for golf? Um, I do. Um, uh, I, I mean, it's like it's like a goalpost. Uh, it's my handicap at the end of summer's half decent, and at the start of summer, where I, when we play hockey all through the winter, it's almost starting again. Yeah. So it's uh, it's not really a set in stone handicap, but um, yes. Yeah, uh, I, I, I I sort of play off the of twelve. I was like, we're sitting like the. the... The low nothing, teams, maybe. Yeah, nothing like the Bartlett's, nothing like those boys. But, no, uh, can't can can plays off six, and I said yeah. I'm really glad now. Fans versus players golf day that was talked about in the summer never took place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I thought I was good, and then I sort of went and played golf in the summer before signing the champs with the boys, and uh, yeah, quickly realised that I'm I'm not as I'm not that good at golf. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
now November is Men's Mental Health Month. Uh, I discussed some of this with Cam as well. Uh, I'm on board with hashtag It's Not Weak to Speak initiative, which was started by the Belfast Giants up in the Elite League. Um, so I know you guys must have some good banter and good laughs in the change room, but do you uh, sort of feel if it gets mentally tough in the room that you can talk to each other? Uh, yeah, definitely. There's definitely a few people that sort of they put themselves out there as those as those guys that sort of you can go and talk to about anything really. I'd like to think all of us in the room um, you can go and approach with anything. Um, yeah, it's like we all have a laugh, but I mean. If, if anything seems off with anyone, we'll always pull each other aside and ask the questions. And, yeah, we're all, we're all here for each other. We're a team, aren't we? So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely that sort of vibe in the room. Yeah, that's good. Obviously, I mean, the, the whole idea of the initiative is trying to break down the barriers of sort of machismo amongst men. that They don't want to talk about their feelings and if they are feeling down. So in such a physical sport like this, there must be an element of that. So, I mean, as a group of men... They obviously are you sort of set, trying to sense a change in behaviour in each other, or you, you will just openly? Do you openly have conversations about your mental health? Yeah, I think we all have conversations about. Oh, just lost you again there. Sorry, can you hear me now? Yeah, I've got you back. Yeah, yeah, I think it's it's just. Like, I think it starts as serious and sometimes it ends in a joke and I think that's how quite a lot of us guys or especially us hockey players in the room, we all sort of deal with any sort of mental health or stress or any problems we have. You, everyone's all there and the banter's there, which sort of helps everyone and pulls everyone along. So um, everyone in the team, there's certain people you go to and there's certain people you don't go to, but I think it's quite clear for everyone in the room, sort of where that lies, where that responsibility lies, really. Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Is it more with the experienced players, would you say? Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, I mean, I think everyone everyone in the room can act in that figure, but I think some people, obviously, you, you see more as you want to go and have a laugh with and you don't want to have that serious chat with or you're not comfortable with having that chat, but there's definitely people and mentors, like people in that room that, are there for everyone, really. There's there's no one alone in the team. No, that's, that's really good to hear that. So uh, I've got a couple of listener questions now, if that's okay with you. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I've got one from Harriet Andrews that also was put to cat. Do you have a favourite line of players? What, in this current team? In the current team, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I probably not. I mean, I've played with quite a few different lines. I still don't think I actually have a set line at the moment. We're um, we're still experimenting. So, um, yeah, I, I I wouldn't say I have a set line. Um, no. Do you have a fantasy line, perhaps, that you'd like to be in of all hockey players? Um, no, not really. I'm not really much of a a hockey guy, believe it or not. I just don't like watching hockey. I love playing it. Hate watching it. But um, yeah. Yeah, there's a few guys that obviously I've watched when I was younger and I was able to play with uh, towards the end of the career. Like Husker was just, it was always a joke when I played with him. Uh, Matty T, Turner was always solid, the strongest guy on his feet. Is always good to watch when I was younger. Always someone I looked up to as a sentiment. Um, 
and I'll definitely say sort of of recent years, obviously playing with Jay, I've played with Jakey for a long time and yeah, his recent ability to just sort of score goals on demand is um it's pretty impressive and it's always quite good fun to be able just to pass the puck and let him do his own thing. So yeah. Yeah. Lovely. So obviously away from hockey you like a bit of golf and a bit of a beer garden. Is there any other sports? Um I have a kick about football. I like playing football. Usually play on a Monday night, just sort of a kick about, mess about. Um, I mean, yeah, most sports I'm into, anything competitive, I quite like. I'm quite a competitive person, but main ones, really. I love uh, football and golf outside of hockey. I'll definitely yeah. say my two, uh, my go-tos. Yeah, my, my wife says that I would watch four nuns play badminton if it was considered sport. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> I definitely agree, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, musically, then, they're going to put on a fantasy concert at the Riverside. They're going to board up the ice, put a gig on. For you. Uh, I have no idea. Um, is this on the ice, or is this... Oh, just a just fantasy thing. Like, who, who would headline a fantasy gig for you? Um, I don't know. I, I like all kinds of music. I don't really have a, a favourite artist as such. I literally listen to anything, um, especially in our room. Some of the music that gets played is pretty questionable, but I can listen to it. So yeah, there's quite a broad range of age, isn't there, across the across the roster? So I yeah, it's, 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 quite it's definitely a, a big variety of music that's played. I think we we touch we touch on sort of every sort of song really, or every, any kind of music. So no, no particular song that you would say like I know one of the NHL teams are talking about doing goal songs for each player that scores would, would do you not have one for you I'd rather no I'd rather it just roll on to loads of different songs I'd get yeah. get bored of all to be fair I don't score that often so I wouldn't hear it that much but I'd get bored <laughs> of the same song all the time especially if the bollocks are on the ice do my head in yeah yeah the song comes on <laughs> we'll just stick with Chelsea Dagger then and yeah that's it and we'll and, and do the dance to that so fantastic well Ollie, thank you so much for joining me tonight. It's been been a real pleasure talking to you. Uh, all the fans are so delighted to have you back at the Chieftains and I wish you the best for the rest of the season. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you for the call. No, no problem, mate. And I'll see you again soon. Yeah, I'll speak to you in a bit. Thank you. Cheers, Ollie. Bye-bye. A massive thank you to Cam and Ollie for joining me this evening, uh, chatting, obviously, about their hockey careers and a little bit about Men's Mental Health Month. Um, So for anyone that is struggling with their mental health, there is help out there. Please reach out. The initiative, It's Not Weak to Speak, is hoping to prove that for those that don't want to talk, don't want to open up, that you can and you should. It's certainly not a weakness. Um, We all need help sometimes. Um, If you want to reach out but you don't feel like talking uh, and you can do it better over text, there is a mobile number that Samaritans have, which is 07725 909090. That's open 24-7, 365 a year, and someone will come back to you if you text that number. They'll come back to you instantaneously. Uh, alternatively, you can call Samaritans on 116-123, free from any phone, and that number is also open 24-7, 365. So keep spreading the good word of men's mental health. It's not weak to speak. We need to reach out. If you need help, reach out and get it. My inbox is always open as I'm sure are your friends, your colleagues, anyone that you feel you can confide in, please do so. 
Thank you very much for joining me on episode seven of Zero Pucks Given. It's been a long one. I'm glad you stuck with it. I do apologise. There was a few glitchy sort of sound quality moments in a couple of the of the chats. Um, I will try and improve that for future episodes. Thank you once again for joining us and we'll see you next week. This podcast is hosted on Anchor by Spotify. It is available on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts and other podcast outlets. Follow us on social media, Zero Pucks Given Podcast on Instagram, Zero Pucks Pod on Twitter, Zero Pucks Given Podcast at gmail.com for email. The music in this podcast is taken from Spotify. I do not own the tracks. Subscribe on Spotify to get notifications about all new episodes. Podcast Network.